This is the Growlers Nation podcast, the official podcast of the Newfoundland Growlers. And now here's your host, Growlers play-by-play voice, Chris Ballard. Welcome back to the Growlers Nation podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us here today and for joining us for our first two episodes. James Melindy and Todd Skirving, excellent guests for the first two. And we are rolling right into episode three uh, with another very special guest, uh, a huge part of the province's first ever professional hockey championship. My friend and yours, Mr. Giorgio Estefan. Gio, uh, thank you very much for uh, jumping on here with us for episode three. Anytime, Bells. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's not true, given how much of your time I'm going to take up today. First and foremost, obviously, uh, we're recording this just two days before uh, teeing off uh, a brand new season and hanging a banner here at Mile One Center. Just real quick, kind of sum up preseason training camp in the last few weeks. You played a lot of hockey. You guys must be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season and kind of come out of the summer mode is uh, kind of just a big anticipation time to come uh, when it comes to season opener. So, um, you know, you go through all the structure and all that stuff in the beginning of the year, which um, obviously since I'm returning and a bunch of guys are returning, it's kind of more similar to the same stuff as last year. But uh, that kind of whole time where we're kind of everything leads up to to opening night, and um, I think that's kind of where – where our juice comes from and training council like that is waiting for the first game so it's coming up here soon i think we're ready no kidding how was uh, i know you were here uh, just feels like a couple of days ago for for leaf camp how was that experience for you it was good i mean uh same as kind of last year kind of right. situation um it was nice to kind of come back to st john's and be here and show everyone around a little bit kind yeah. of considering i had been here last year and it was a, a good turnout from a lot of the crowd and i thought it was no uh, you know really exciting to kind of see a lot of growlers jerseys and you know hats and all that stuff no kidding uh, have you seen the new st john's maple leafs uh, growlers jersey you guys will be wearing i think i took a little look at it before but i i can't wait to uh be able to don that for sure. yeah the fans are gonna be crazy for those ones man get excited uh, for that night for sure yeah opening night in particular uh here on friday uh you got to be fired up to be able to see that banner go up uh, after everything that went down last season is that something that motivates or are you actually excited to to see it go up and uh, and get it all underway kind of a silly question but uh, i know i'm fired up for sure um i'd won one two years ago and i never got to see that banner get raised so I That's think, right. yeah, this one will be, uh, this will be pretty cool. Cause I never got to see that and, um, never got to, you know, like be presented in my ring and stuff like that. So I think this, this one's a little extra special for sure. No kidding. That's I never thought of that. And one more question for you before we open it up to our growlers nation Q and a, we have a lot of great questions coming up for you. I will spoil uh, the party and tell you that you've played maybe the most hockey of anyone I can think of over the course of the last two, maybe even three years. I've crunched the numbers, not including preseason. You played 95 games with us and the Marlies last year. The year before with Lethbridge and Swift Current in the dub, 95 games there. And so obviously that doesn't include preseason or the all-star game that you played here with us last year. That's 190 games of hockey over the course of the last two seasons. I don't know how many or pushing 200 like you i guess what my question is like are you tired how are you how do you feel at this time of year you've just gone through three training camps you played 10,000 games in the last two years how did like has that taken any kind of toll on you or are you just ready to go i think i'm ready to go i think any time in the summer um when you have a shortened summer i think right. rest is definitely really important so i think i we only had about two months till a little bit to kind of get ready and all that stuff and I think I took about half of that off so oh good playing that amount of games and I mean coming here and playing the the Raiders and the East Coast League and uh playoffs with three lines and stuff like that is it's definitely uh it definitely wears and tears on you but taking the time off and all that stuff I think is part of the game and it's part of you know being you know a smart professional knowing when to to go to go hard and be ready and when Mm -hmm. to kind of take it off and um Make sure you get your rest. So I think even going throughout the season and stuff like that, you kind of pick your battles and pick your spots. And as a professional and stuff like that, you you make it to the finals and treat your your body as well as you can. But um, making it back to to the season here, I think I'm ready to go. And you know, I definitely got my rest. 
No kidding. I guess you did. And I know you had a nice restful day uh, with the Kelly Cup. Uh, talk a bit about your day uh, with uh, Mr. Kelly's prize there. He sent, sent back some pretty pretty cool photos. Looks like you and your family had an awesome day. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to uh, to get the cup kind of a little bit earlier in the day so that I spent the time with my family and kind of showed them the cup. And I took the cup to um, my power skating coaches uh, awesome. group and stuff like that. There's a bunch of little kids out there and, you know, we got to take a big picture and I used to coach uh, coach with them in the power skating back in the day, so it, it meant a, a lot to them, and I think it was kind of just cool to, to be out there and, and bring one back to all the kids, 30, 40 kids on the ice. It was, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool, and I got a bunch of my friends over for, for the nighttime and had a fire, and um, yeah, it was really a, it was an eventful day for sure. Did you eat anything out of it? Did you pull oh, a God. Phil Kessel and fill it with hot dogs yeah. or... Yeah? Oh, yeah. I went to A&W, and I got a burger, and then I went to McDonald's, got some nuggets, and uh, threw them all in there, and sent it to the boys after, and uh, yeah, it was definitely uh No kidding. Yeah, I'm not... You, only get you don't have to shy away from yeah. that. That's awesome. You only get it yeah. once in a while, so I mean, I'm going to do it. At, hey, off. I took it down to Shamrock and filled it with fries, dressing, and gravy, and a two-piece fish and chips on oh. Friday, so I, I, I definitely, I hear you there. We'll roll right into our Growlers Nation fan Q&A just because we have so many questions uh, to bring your uh, way here today. And we are going to kick it off with a question from Steph Conway asking uh, uh, a great question. How did it feel scoring the winning goal that brought the first ever championship to Newfoundland and Labrador? So this is our segue to just talk about everything that was last season. Uh, we'll, we'll ask the most obvious question first. Game six, two goals. Uh, what do you remember about Game Six in the finals, uh, in in particular? There, like, what jumps to mind when you when I ask you now to think back on it? The last seconds counting down. Um, <laughs> the last longest seconds of your life. Yeah, I mean, the game kind of coming close. And thinking about the whole game, I, I missed an unbelievable chance in the first period. <laughs> that uh, you know could have had three. Could have yeah, I could have had three, but you never know. It could have changed the tide of the game. We had an early power play, and it could have got an early goal, but. Um, you know, we were pushing, and I think our my line particularly was was uh, was buzzing pretty well. We had been moving our feet quite a bit throughout playoffs, and kind of been hard to stop us for the first little bit. And you know, the the three on two where I got my first goal, where Kess made a good play across the ice, yeah. was uh, you know an unbelievable pass. And I think uh, you know, I just got got a the chance to be able to have a good shot, kind of put it inside the post on the left side. And um, you know, I was definitely uh, definitely excited to kind of come there come uh you know out of that game but uh no kidding yeah i mean it was a it was definitely a you know a good time i think everyone uh everyone kind of knew coming out of the you know the game before that you know we had a good chance to to do it here on home ice and you know i think anytime you're you're playing us at home in front of our fans and you know how packed it was and all the all the towels running around i yeah. think it was uh you know, definitely exciting gives you goosebumps and having that home ice advantage is definitely a, a big thing for for you coming to playoff time but come on, have you have you be selfish here for a moment? Two goals in Game Six to bring this province its first championship. Did you really get a sense of how important that was to to people, or and at what moment? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming into like I said, I missed that that chance earlier in the first period. I've obviously played a lot of games in my life where I know um, how I'm feeling uh, at the time, and after the first period, boys were kind of grilling me a little bit, just you know, in a fun way of. <laughs> Um, you know how easy it, you know it could have been, but I mean it was it was all in fun. But I I kind of knew in the back of my mind that you know the puck was bouncing the right way for me, and that I was getting on my tape all the time, and that I knew I was gonna have have a good game. And after I kind of got that first one, our line was able to get another uh, a chance, and I I got an uh, assist on the goal. And I think our uh, our line was playing really well, kind of moving the puck and moving our feet and. When your when your line gets a little jammed, you can kind of feel it, and yeah. uh, our line is playing with uh, you know a good amount of swagger, or we're playing fast and moving the puck, and in the offensive zone the whole time. I think definitely helped me feed. It makes your legs a little bit lighter, makes you feel a little extra. So when Jared chipped uh, chipped that puck up to me on the the four on four, um, I definitely had a little bit of, a little bit of life, and then Huddy was flying up the middle, so I was kind of waiting for him to to take the middle so that we could try and cross him up and get a, you know, kind of a good angle so that I could get a good shot off on net. And 
um, with Huddy's drive, I think I kind of confused him a little bit where I got a little extra time and space. And it's so much room. Yeah, I had a lot of room to kind of rip it. I had a had a good spot, and um, you know, I, I'd had that shot quite a quite a few times in my life. So I think you know all that. You knew what you're doing it. with yeah, that I was one. Putting it right under the bar. <laughs> you're darn right, you did. And not not that this matters, but uh, I think a few fans got into a few bidding wars for your your pucks. Uh, oh yeah, I heard about have, that. Did you notice that? Oh, I think yeah. the I think the the game-winning puck the fourth goal of the game and your second of the game went for like over 400 us i think oh yeah us yeah it yeah was, that's uh, like ten thousand canadian dollars yeah my dad <laughs> my dad was keeping up on tabs with that too because he's asking me if i wanted it but i mean uh i mean yes but do a, i want to spend five bills on yeah on it probably not no i, I had you know a lot of opportunities to kind of take some of my stuff from that for game sure. and stuff like that and it was definitely a, a real memento kind of time for for everyone so i think you know having someone someone get that puck and uh, oh, making awesome. their day and stuff like that would have been pretty cool so yeah i thought i'd let it pass and let yeah no no it. kidding no my my pockets aren't deep enough for that one that's for sure so that was a question from steph conway so thank you very much uh, for that one we're gonna jump in we have so many kind of questions from all over the place here I'm going to start with, with a, a, what's hopefully an easy one. So Michael Windsor is asking, Tim's Coffee or McDonald's Coffee? McDonald's Coffee's come a long way uh, in the last uh, little bit. That's from my own personal experience. You much of a coffee drinker? Not at all. Really? Um, maybe a little bit of caffeine and like stuff like French vanilla and stuff. I'm more of a sugary kind of person, so a little half French vanilla, half hot chocolate. But other than that, I, I don't really... Uh, tend to coffee overly okay which is, uh, you know i know extremely rare but yeah i just never kind of got a huge hankering for it huh so i guess this question you can't even really answer it whether it's coffee from one or the other if you're getting a french vanilla or something that's a tim hortons product that's yeah. what we're talking about yeah right? it is so tim hortons french vanilla hot chocolate i would go with what size sure. you I'm an extra large double double man, but something tells me that's way too much sugar for you oh, to be consuming. Oh, way too much. Yeah, medium's a lot. So there we go. Yeah. Well, so if anyone wants to buy Gio uh, a nice hot beverage, it'll be uh, a medium. Half French vanilla, half hot chocolate. And Done. In the winter, white hot chocolate. Ooh, yeah. that's a, that's an after Christmas treat. Extra I think. sweet though. I, it, it is. is that really you might have sweet. to bring it down to a small for that yeah. one. Yeah. So there you go. Not a coffee man, but uh, the Timmy's uh, sweet drinks. We're we're a big fan. Ashton Petten is asking, uh, what is your prediction of the new Growlers team compared to the first-gen team in 2018-19? I don't think it's fair for for you uh, to give any kind of prediction, but maybe you can uh, speak to maybe comparing the group uh, that's going to be out there on opening night uh, to last season. I think this group uh, is, is as talented, if not more, than last season, but how do you see it down in the room? Um, I think similarly to last year, definitely we had a lot of young guys, a lot of rookies um, in our room, and um, I'm one of the guys that kind of moved up in my second year now. And with all the rookies and stuff like that, it, it's definitely a little bit of a you know a time period where you're kind of converting into into pro hockey, and um, you kind of just got to get your feet under you and make sure that you're you're playing hard and you're playing well, and the game kind of comes to you a little bit quicker as the games roll by. So. I think that's kind of the the biggest similarity we have is how young we are as a team, how fast we are as a team, but all the stuff about um, you know battling f- physicality of the league and battling all the rigors of three lines and all yeah. that stuff. Kind of the guys haven't seen that quite yet. So True. coming into the first little bit uh, with all the speed and stuff that we have, it's definitely going to be a, a little bit of a time period for uh, you know bodies to get used to it. But I think like going into last year, we kind of caught wind of it first and got ready uh, to you know battle a little bit more every night your win kind of gets a little bit better as the season rolls on right. so I think they'll have a good adjustment period. No I think you're absolutely right that's a great answer and uh, d- do you get the sense that there's going to be a big target on the Growlers back this season I know there kind of was last year there were shirts to that effect I think this year one can only assume the league and, and uh, the rest of our opponents can't be too happy with the fact that the new guys on the block are looking as strong as they did when they won the championship in their inaugural season. Do you get a sense of that, or, or how do you overcome what's surely going to be a bit of a target on your back? I think any time that you're coming into a season, a lot of it kind of is indicative of what happened last year. Of course. Franchises and teams are known kind of as better teams or you know maybe teams that aren't as strong i think last year we kind of caught people by surprise in in the early beginning they hadn't seen us they don't know what we present what kind of play style we have so um 
as the season wore on, teams figured out how to play against us. And I mean, obviously, like we won. So I think <laughs> any time, any time that uh, you know you're a winning team, teams want to beat you. You have that yeah. mentality of um, you know beating the best. Everyone wants to beat the best and be the best. And we were exactly. the best last year. And um, I think you know we definitely got a good shot at at being uh, you know that team again. And um, it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of work to beat us. So I think uh, that's kind of why we'll have a target on our back for sure. No, I think you're right. I, I uh, cannot wait to get the season started. I've been talking about last June for far too long. It's time to make some new history here. I'm looking forward to it. A couple of similar questions here from one Jillian Hillier and one Morgan Stacy from the Facebook group. Uh, what do you like most about Newfoundland and are, how happy are you to be spending another year here in Newfoundland with the Growlers? I guess just speak, I guess maybe to your first Newfoundland experience here when you, I guess, first got off the flight and you're on a team with a handful of Noofs first coming here this time last year. I I know that's night and day compared to what you think of the place now, but kind of sum up your, your first reactions, I guess, uh, of the great province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Right, driving down, uh, first thing we did is we got off the plane and we went right to the rink and going yeah. right to the rink from the airport, you pass all the houses and you pass, uh, you know, different colored houses and, you know, you see the harbor and you know, you see the cove, and you can kind of see Signal Hill a little bit. Yeah, you I know can. guys were pointing it out. Um, so I think it's definitely, a, it was a really cool experience. I thought, you know, with all the different color houses and stuff like that. I've, I'm a big traveler and stuff like that, so cool. I like kind of unique attributes to cities and stuff like that. And I think that was something that I kind of took a little, uh, like a pretty good liking to. And fortunately, my house now is one of those houses. So No way. So you yeah, get the I full authentic Newfoundland experience yeah, right now. For sure. That's awesome. Is there anything you could say you do like most about here? The food. Yeah? Yeah, I love it. Tell, tell like me everything. What's like your sure, favorite OG Newfie food? Oh, the first day we were here last year, like first practice we ever we had as a team, our, our chef Dwayne made a blackened cod, and it was oh, yeah. the best thing And Dwayne I've can ever cook, had. too. Shout yeah. out to Dwayne. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And ever since then, I've been having – I never had fish and chips before, and then I had fish and Stop chips. Stop it. Yeah. I, I was never really a big, huge, like, deep-fried kind of person, and um, I had fish and chips kind of once before, and it wasn't the same. So, oh, my God. Um, yeah, the one I had here with, um, you know, the, the cod, obviously, was next Incredible. level. And it was, yeah, I've had a lot of good meals here, and I'm a huge food fan, so. Awesome. Happy to hear that. And so, and this, I think, is, is uh, not a silly question. It's a great question, but uh, should be a silly answer. How excited are you to be back here for another year? Obviously, everything, uh, the way that the city was a buzz last year and, and, and having that buzz back, ready to kick off another year. I mean, you've got to be pumped to be here again, eh? Yeah, I mean, raising a banner the first night, it's definitely something that's really exciting and that I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, it's a beautiful city, and even if uh, even if I wasn't playing here, I'd definitely be visiting St. John's again awesome. in my life. Uh, you know, it's really a you know, good place. It, it's far away from home, but, you know, I would always take kind of the travel to kind of come out here and see the city, see the people. I think it's definitely got a different culture. And like I said, uh, as a guy that likes to travel and stuff like that, kind of the unique um, attributes of the city are, are what kind of propel me to want to come back and stuff like that. So it's definitely a you know unique city, and I'm definitely happy to be back. Absolutely, there is a travel-related question. I'm going to save it because we're going back. Rod Z is asking the best fish and chips on the Avalon. I can't imagine you've gotten too far outside St. John's to try fish and chips, uh, but uh, we'll give uh, we'll give a proper shout out here to wherever uh, you're about to say. But have you uh, where where do you seem to like the fish and chips now that you're a fish and chip expert? Uh, I've only had it twice, but I went to. Duke of Duck oh, yeah, yeah, the Duke legendary and fish and chips. We'd sit in there and watch football on Sundays, and uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was definitely that's definitely been the, the best place I've I've had. And I think all the boys kind of go there and, and sit around, watch some football, and eat some fish and chips. And it's definitely got a you know good atmosphere in there. And yeah, I think the Duke's an institution, yeah, it's really good. So Hard to say no to the Duke no. of Duckworth. Thank you Two very much. Is not one. Two pieces now. How what's your take on fries dressing and gravy? I assume um, you know what that is now, and is, I don't have to explain it to you. I never order it. Okay. Because I, every time I, I eat it, I can barely make it to the fries because I'm, I get <laughs> so Because the fish cold. is just so good. Oh, I start with the fish, and once the fish is gone. have to start with the fish. Yeah, so two pieces for sure. Absolutely. We'll do a little food tour of St. John's. We'll, we'll try another few options maybe. Perfect.
done. So uh, Geo's just volunteered for that uh, content piece there. Uh, Stephen Cordell asked, what place do you like to visit during time off? So you mentioned uh, you really like to travel. So where are some places that you've uh, where you've liked to travel so far? Um, so now that I'm kind of a little bit older and yeah. a little bit more independent, I think uh, you know, I've been starting to travel a little bit more. And um, for the fir- I've never been out of North America, so the first time this past year after we won, I went to Barcelona, so that was pretty Stop. cool. Yeah, I was really excited to, to go and to kind of just see, like I said, the new cultures and all the you know the buildings that they have there with all the architecture and all that stuff was really it's a beautiful yeah, city a beautiful city and i like being by the water and the beach so definitely not helps. a bad spot to land did you go anywhere else while you were over there or did you just stay in barcelona uh well i took three trips i just stayed in barcelona i only did it for for about a week because you know the my my lazy period of a month was <laughs> was uh very you know, short. Very you want to take short. advantage of that lazy period. Yeah, so I, I ended up going to to Vegas a little bit after that Ooh. with my with my family. Um, just kind of spent a little bit of time um, with my family. I hadn't really seen very much and for sure sit by the pool and relax. And then uh, I went with my girlfriend to Kelowna. So nice, three nice little back trips to the Okanagan. Yeah, right by the beach and getting the water on the boat and stuff like that. So it's definitely uh, definitely being on the boat in the summer is something that I really like to do. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you very much uh, for that question, Mr. Stephen Cordell. We will move on. I'm gonna. We're gonna throw in a few questions. Uh, turns out a few of our players are members uh, of the Growlers Nation Facebook group, and a few of them have responded to my call for questions for you. Brady Ferguson asks, "Who is your favorite player on the Growlers?" Answer this however you will. Uh, you know Fergie better than I do. You can answer that question however you see fit, sir. Yeah, I don't know. I think my favorite player has got to be my roommate, Todd. Uh, he's he's kind of a beauty. Uh, there's no other way to put it. My next question comes from Todd Skirving, asking, who is your favorite roommate? I mean, being my roommate on the road, it's got to be Fergie, I think. Ooh, what? I, I did not expect that. I, I thought that was, I was throwing home. you a softball. No, I know. But, I mean, if if I gave, I gave Todd the shuttle before I got to give to Fergie. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't want to get in the middle of any controversy here, but that sounds like there's something. Yep. No, definitely. I'm going to move immediately away from that. Uh, Evan Burgess is asking, who pulls the most pranks on the Growlers? I think a lot of people really enjoyed hearing uh, James Melindy, our captain, talk about some pranks in episode one. Uh, Who would you say is the the biggest prankster uh, from the group down in the room here now? Definitely him, because no one's going to mess with him. That's a fact. (laughs) Yeah, no one's messing with Meller and... He's pretty good at uh, at keeping a straight face and you know playing dumb with that kind of stuff. And I'd probably just cave and stuff like <laughs> and just own up to it. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty good. There's there was a couple of jokes last year that got pulled on on Marcus that he was just out to launch. So. Anything you can share? Um, no, maybe not. That's fair. I I'll I'll keep give you the benefit. I'm not here to we're to good. get you in any more trouble. No, we're good. We'll uh, we'll save some uh, for for another episode perhaps. So thank you, Evan Burgess, for that one. And I think he actually had another question here. Who's the best golfer on the team? Do you have any inside? Are you guys golfers? Do you get a chance to golf together? I think during camp and stuff sometimes, right? Uh, I think I golfed a couple times in camp this year, but um, there's been a lot of talk about Newsy's golf game. Really? I've never played with him. I've heard he's good from guys that have played with him, but I've never played with him, so I, I'm going to say him on... Okay, just on reputation it. alone from Yeah, Evan we talk Newgold. about golf a lot, too, so, I mean, he kind of... He, he sounds like he knows talk. what he's talking about, so, I mean, anyone that's kind of got the stature that he does about talking about it, I think, uh, I think I'll trust him. Okay, now I'm going to flip that question around, too. Do you know who would be the worst golfer on the team? I played with him in training camp this year, and I know he's been working on his game quite a bit, um, but I don't think Marcus is that great. Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. He, he worked on his game a little bit, so I don't know, but um, hopefully he works on it again next summer. Ooh, that's a little bit of shade. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that. So thank you very much, Evan Burgess, for that question as well. We'll move on to a question from Justin Brennan asking a really good question. 
saying, you won a championship with Swift Current uh, the year before turning pro, and then you won, obviously, with the Growlers last season. What similarities or differences did you see between those two teams? Not, I'm sure, in terms of personnel, but just in terms of that X factor, maybe, that uh, a team has to have to, to get to that level. What similarities or differences did you maybe pick up on between those two different championship wins? I'd probably say there's two things that kind of stand out thinking about it now is one is probably we had really dynamic offenses. Um, both teams. Yeah, both teams. We had really a lot of uh, my first time with Swift Current, we had um, a line with three of them at 100 points. And, all three uh, guys all had, three 100 of them points? had 100 points? Yeah. And um, yeah, we had three lines that were extremely deep that scored a lot of goals in playoffs. and um, But at the same time, getting that many goals we didn't give up very much so being good defensively i can't remember what series it was last year i think gertz had how many shutouts oh that was the florida series and he had three yeah which is outrageous in playoffs so i mean anytime that you know you have a high-powered offense with a lot of skill and you know that you can score goals on any given night um, you know, you kind of look at all the coaches and the teams in the NHL that, that talk about having good good offenses. Um, they always want to, you know, subsidize it with good defense and making sure that they, you know, keep the puck out of their own net and make sure that the only way you can really score goals is to be out of your zone. So that's one definitely one big similarity between both teams that I played on. Um, yeah. Another one I'd say is definitely just being, you know, a tight-knit group. Um, last year in playoffs and the year year before when I was in playoffs, I think, guys were always going going out together having you know lunch or dinner or whatever it is just on any given night um you know inviting the guys over and cook a couple steaks together something like that yeah. so i think having a close-knit group is definitely something that um you know propels your team a little bit a little bit farther than a team that's kind of just on their own and um you know i wouldn't say more in like teams that are more individualized don't win but right um you know blocking that shot at the you know last moment or making a big hit or making a big play when you're that much closer to the guy i think it definitely propels you a little bit farther so i think that's definitely two similarities throughout the teams that um i can nab right off the top of my head no, that's a, that's a great answer. Thank you very much uh, for that question, Justin Brennan. We'll move on to one from Devin James Renouf asking, at what age did you start playing hockey, and when did you realize you wanted to try and make a, a career of it? Oh, God, I started, I don't know, 2-3. I can't even remember back that, that long Bad ago. Young, but eh? Yeah, 2-3, I think my mom put me at a pair of skates just to get me to calm down. and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it took me to the West Edmonton Mall and got me some. That's where you first skated was the West Edmonton Mall. Yeah, cause my family knew nothing about hockey at all. Like, my mom is, um, my family's Lebanese, so from right. the states, and um, wasn't a big hockey sure. town where she's from. And um, my dad and my entire family has always been in soccer. So just to kind of get me to calm down when I was really young, um, she was taking care of my little brother at the same time. So yeah. she took me to West Ed and. Um, got me a plastic pair of skates and just started skate circles around the rink and yeah apparently there was no breaking period for me or anything which is uh surprising to hear um <laughs> but yeah i started probably that around that age and um i definitely i definitely grew a little bit earlier than most kids okay. so i think i definitely had a little bit of a you know an, an edge on when i was playing younger so i think that's definitely one big uh attribute that helped propel me to kind of figure out that I wanted to play hockey and you know having successful years when I was younger and championships and stuff like that was definitely something that made me take a little bit more of a liking to the game I'd say <laughs> I, I I think so so what were you like a six foot tall like seven year old or something uh no but I was I was chubby so I definitely had a, a <laughs> lot of weight and wasn't getting off the, knocked off the puck and I like that had a shot that's yeah, it's about a it. puck protection beast with a with a cannon. Yeah. I love it. I was thick for sure. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for that question as well, uh, Devin James Renuff. We'll move on to another one here that I'm excited to hear the answer to. Daryl O'Leary asks, PlayStation or Xbox, and what might you be playing right now? Well, I mean, you gotta play Xbox. All my friends got Xbox. Anyone I ever played with played Xbox. So I think, you know, the consensus has got to be Xbox. Wow, okay. That's yeah. a that's a hot take in my house, but uh, carry on. Yeah. More of a PS guy I myself. I know there's a lot of PlayStations out there, but, I mean, 
Now that you can play together, it doesn't really matter. Is that a thing on, now? On Fortnite, you can play together, which I play. I was told that was your, your go-to game. That, that's your that's your current uh, obsession, I understand. Uh, Aside from yes. your work on the ice, of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've, I've always been a gamer from a young age, so I, I don't think it's ever, ever faded. I was young Call of Duty, and I've been playing Fortnite a couple of years. And okay. Yeah, I don't What's the appeal of Fortnite? I've played it like once and some six-year-old destroyed me and I thought that was <laughs> the end of that. What's yeah. the appeal here? Sell me on Fortnite. I don't know. I just, I played Call of Duty growing up a lot throughout my life and you never had been able, like, you go around and, you know, shoot people and stuff like that. But, uh -huh. um, you know, I think the, the biggest attribute with Fortnite is kind of just being able to play defense and, like, build and all that stuff. Okay. It takes a lot more than... You know, just just hoping that you kill the guy or you die or whatever. I, I was never a big sports games kind of guy. Okay. I played a little bit of NHL, but I was never good at Madden. I was never good at FIFA. FIFA's too slow. Yeah, I I never really took a big liking to it, but I don't know. I think Fortnite just you kind of can build, and you know, it takes a little bit more skill than than other games. So I think that's kind of why I, I like playing it and practicing it and all that stuff. I think it's you know exciting and. I think there's the best thing about playing, you know, like playing video games is that you kind of get to play with your friends even when yeah. you're when you're not around them. So I mean, most days I just throw a text to one of the guys or a couple of the guys, and you can play a four-player squad. And I think that's like playing by yourself is kind of boring, um, but anytime you can play with your friends and um, absolutely, yeah, you know, even one of them, I think it definitely makes it a little bit more entertaining. So if you got to pick a four-man squad of only Growlers Fortnite players. Oh, no. Who would you uh, Who would you pick, and who would you pick last? Maybe, oh. I'm, I, but he'd be the last in the squad. Yeah, or like the guy you would try not to pick. Oh, because I remember last year uh, on our squad, I asked a that similar question, and it was Darian Plouffe was the answer is the worst player, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I I don't mind throwing. Oh any no, guys he's a landslide, the best on our team. That's the hilarious. best. Oh okay, oh, yeah. so maybe I I just maybe I'm just misremembering. <laughs> no. So, okay, so just sure give me threw him under the bus. Give me your your top four, you and three others. If you get to pick a growler team, current growlers. Well, I'm definitely number one. All right, well, that's without sense. question. Yeah. Um, I play with Johnny quite a bit. Okay, um, Garrett Johnston. Yeah, I've always played with him. Um, we got a lot of wins together. That's All for right. Sure. I'm hearing a lot of talk about Mac Hollowell. Okay. I hear he's I hear he's decent. I haven't played with him yet because I just started moving my house and set up Mac right. and everything, so I haven't really gotten the chance to, to download everyone and play with everybody, but I'm hearing some stuff about him, so I don't know if I could slide him in yet. But we'll have to test him out we'll first. Have to test him out, yeah. He's gotta go through tryouts or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um One more before we start sewering guys. Okay. Uh Wow, this is a tough one, actually. A lot of boys play, so. That's what I mean. I'm not here to just give you softball questions. This is hard-hitting Growlers Nation podcast-level answers. We yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's. I'll give it to. Wow, this sucks, but I'll give it to. Uh, I'll give it to Fergie just because I want to give Brad's last. <laughs> All right. So that obviously. Uh, so who would you maybe not want on your team? I don't know. Pools talks about his game getting a little bit better. You uh, haven't seen it? No, I haven't. So, <laughs> I mean, he's got to play a little bit more in creative and get himself back up to take Brad's spot maybe. Ooh. I don't know. But, um, yeah, there's definitely going to be some tryouts going on for the squad this year, I'd say. I, I'm looking forward. You'll have to fill me in. We'll have to. I'll have to revisit this conversation. Do you, do you play anything else, or is this really – that disc stays in. Is it even on a disc anymore? Probably not. No, it's not on a disc. You can. It was a free game that you just download, and that's why Fortnite blew up so much because it was know, free. Man. Well, I know that makes total sense. Free, free ninety nine, man. It's the best, yeah. best price in town. Honestly, food tastes better when it's free too. <laughs> that was one thing I was also told because I was down before when I was waiting for you to come up here and record with me today. I, I asked a few of the guys who were walking by. I'm like, hey boys, I'm I got Geo on the podcast. What's the dirt here? What can I get? I was told, uh, obviously not in season, but you're a bit of a, a fast food aficionado. I, I heard fast food is not. I wouldn't say I'm a fast food aficionado. I'm a food. Okay, I'll, geek I'll we'll set we'll set sure. the record straight. I'm not like I don't really like going to McDonald's all the time. Or no. I I mean, 
can't get me wrong with the NW. I mean, their burgers. Classic. Great. Lights out. You an onion rings guy? No, I'm not actually. Okay. No. That's my f- go-to at A and W. I'm a huge dessert person. Like oh yeah. Chocolate, caramel. Yeah. My if there's w- people that know me, know that cookies are my thing. Yeah. Um. So what's yeah. like your perfect cookie then? Are oh, you a, just a nice hot chocolate chip cookie. Just plain. It's like you know, like a plain Krispy Kreme donut. It's always the best thing ever, right? You're right. Sometimes the 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 essence is in the simplicity. It is, it. and the nice. It's got to be hot. Like number one, heat chocolate ch- chip <laughs> chunk doesn't matter. Cookie is the best ever. When I was in junior, I used to get a regular occurrence of just a fresh batch coming to my door and it was really nice that's a good hookup we'll have to find you a yeah. new cookie guy here in uh here in st john's yeah at one time i think i had like eight different batches from eight different people sitting on my table like at once at within one like a week you just within like three days all like homemade cookies homemade, that people just like, brought you how yeah. do i get that how does you just got to tell people you like cookies i guess i don't know well here we go Giorgio Estefan and Chris Ballard, big cookie fans. Make sure you send some uh, to the to the press box first. And I'll, no. If there's any left over, I'll, <laughs> I'll send some down. No, I'm, I'm not letting you stiff arm me out of that one, Gio. Do you have a? We'll go back to the video games real quick. Would you say you have a top? Give me your top five video games of all time. Oh. So yeah. I'm going to assume Fortnite and Call of Duty because those are the only two you've mentioned so far. Is that fair? But like, can I dissect them? It's like Call of Duty one, two, five. Blah, if blah, that blah. if your top five are Fortnite and four different Call of Duty games, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, number one is Call of Duty Modern Warfare two. Okay. It's easily the best game to ever be created. Like easily, I, the amount of tactical nukes I got in that game was. <laughs> I have no idea what language you're speaking, but I'm here for it. Anyone that knows Modern Warfare 2 would know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. I'd say number two is Fortnite, just because I've never played a game in succession for as long as I have. So I'll give Fortnite because I actually enjoy playing it. Three, I'm going to go way back and talk about, uh, you ever have a PSP back in the day? I didn't, but I am aware that it existed. So NHL 07 on PSP was unbelievable. I played that all the time. I did not expect you to say that. No, that was... NHL 07. NHL 07. I think Ovi was on the cover, if I remember. But, yeah, it was I an think unbelievable... you're right. You could just turn, like, the speed up on people, and guys would just fly around, and <laughs> games would be, like, 25 to 20. Like it was... I'm here for that. Yeah, it was exciting. So that's what, three? That's three. Probably back in the day when I played Super Smash Bros. On GameCube. Classic. I had a lot of systems growing up. That's four. I'd say five. I used to like, uh, with the first Xbox I ever got, I only played the one game for a long, long time. SSX Tricky. I don't know if you remember it. I do not. Like, that if is you remember this, like, the song by Run DNC? Yeah. It's Tricky. Oh. They like classic that was like the motto of the game so like every time you're playing you listen to that song and i just cool yeah it was sick or tony hawk i played a lot of tony hawk growing up nice yeah you're you're, you're a pretty good gamer here oh i like i said my top five would be all like n64 games because that's what i grew up on do you have any any retro games uh, any interest my dad actually bought me like a like a mini n64 not too long ago i haven't played a lot of it but it's got like 500 games on it an Gal- n64 it's like a mini n64 i gotta give yeah, me one of it's those like 500 games on it or something like that it's outrageous but we'll Donkey have to bust Kong, that out legends galaga all that stuff yeah. sweet yeah have to get in on that i think that's all of our q a questions here for the day so thank you to everybody uh who submitted questions here for giorgio estefan Anything else before we let you go? Anything you want to promote or, or just, I don't know. I, I don't, I kind of just asked off the cuff here. I don't yeah. even know what I'm expecting you to say. I don't know. Just tell your friends. Everyone come to the game. I think it's, there's nothing that a player enjoys more than playing in front of sold-out crowd or a lot of people in the stands and having a lot of buzz around the team in the city. I think playoffs kind of, you know, is indicative of stuff like that. Yeah. and. Anytime that, you know, there's 
a championship on the line or something, um, you know, the buzz around the city is, you know, lights out. And I think, um, you know, any time that you can come out and have a good time and, you know, watch us play and, you know, fill the barn, I think it's definitely, a, you know, exciting time. I know I went to a lot of games when I was younger, like junior games yeah. and, and professional games, with like American League teams and obviously NHL games and stuff like that. So, yeah, come sell out the barns. You heard it, Giorgio Estefan. Come sell out the barn, Mile One Center. You can get all your tickets whenever you want them, whatever game, whenever you're listening to this, at mileonecenter.com or call the box office at 576-7657. Giorgio Estefan, thank you, sir, for your time today. Thank you. And moving right along, we are going to jump right into this week's Growlerville segment. If you don't recall the first two episodes of the Growlerville segment, we shed some light on the great uh, hockey towns and communities around the great province of Newfoundland and Labrador. In episode one, we spoke with James Melindy about the ghouls and why it rules. Uh, and then in episode two, myself and Todd Skirving, I got to pick Skirves' brain on what he thought made the city of St. John's a great hockey community and great community in general. Uh, and today we're going to bring in another special guest, uh, our very own Trevor Murphy, Vice President, Senior Vice President. President uh, of Hockey Operations and alternate governor of your Newfoundland Growlers and Trevor. Uh, I know we could speak to a lot of different uh, communities in this great province, uh, but today uh, we're going to speak about a place that I know that is uh, a home to you and, and your wonderful family, the great city of Mount Pearl. So I'll tee this off by asking straight up in your mind, what do you think, uh, what makes Mount Pearl uh, such a great uh, hockey community? Yeah, so I think, uh, of course, Chris, I, I grew up in, in Mount Pearl and played all my minor hockey, played junior hockey in Mount Pearl, and uh, so it certainly holds a special spot in my heart. And sure. just the the coaches and the mentors that I had over my my minor hockey career, I guess, uh, certainly played a big role in my life moving forward from as a, pro a professional, but also a pro uh, you know individual. And uh, you know, one of the biggest things there's a couple of things that really stand out when talking about Mount Pearl being a hockey city or hockey town was that. You know, we're almost, I think it's almost 45 years now of our minor hockey association being Get in play, which is, which is quite a run, you know, now, you know, I think it started in 75 or 76 and, uh, it's, it's been a, a great association in many ways. You know, there's, there's other associations out there that have produced more NHL players or more major sure. junior players. We, we've had a few come through, but I think for us, it's just the fact that we've given our athletes, I would say over the years, our coaches, uh, the opportunity to develop as hockey players, but also the chance to develop as people off the ice. And I that's something that. we've, we've really talked about a lot. And, uh, you know, whether it's things like our food drive that we do or different, you know, volunteer celebrations we host throughout the year, yeah. um, it's been something that's very special to us as an association. And, you know, like I say, the, the game is bigger than the piece that's on the ice. And we've had a, a lot of success over the years by developing volunteers, by developing, you know, uh, I'll say good athletes, but also better people. So that's something that always stood out to me from our association. And the other thing is just the uh, the sense of community that we've had. Big time. You know, going back to when I was going through the system, you had, you know, the hockey moms and hockey dads were like a phenomenal organizations that were just, again, tremendous volunteers. These were moms and dads. Some didn't even have kids in the game, but they were just tremendous volunteers who helped us out as young people. And, you know, even to today, uh, you know, the Hockey Dads group is still there and still a major part of the Get fundraising out. initiatives that are part of Mount Pearl. And just in terms of our volunteer base in general, you know, there's some people that have been around that organization since the start, really, that still have a hand in it in some way. And, uh, you know, we celebrate every year. We started doing a Hall of Fame uh, three or four years ago to celebrate the very past, cool. which was which was very cool and uh, something that we we're very proud of. But so I would say just the fact that, you know, from Mount Pearl's perspective, just the, the sense of community that we've had and, uh, you know, that sense of volunteerism that's been huge in our community for a long time and certainly a major part of uh, minor hockey in Mount Pearl. But then, like I said, also to just the history that we started to build with our association over the yeah. last, you know, close to 45 years. Uh, it's something that's, you know, it's truly special, something that we've had some tremendous people come through. And, you know, seeing kind of the future of it coming through right now, it's, it's very exciting to watch and be a part of. No kidding. No, that's awesome. And I always remember when I was playing my minor hockey, which was definitely not yesterday, there, there, was, there was something special about the crew from Mount Pearl. I myself was a St. John's cap. Don't hold that against me. But I always remember there was always a certain something, I don't know, a, a, a special, I, I don't want to say a level of class or just a level. There, I think it's what you said earlier about that level of pride that I think was really evident. And even in the old... 
tin can yeah, arena yeah. there. And I, some of my earliest hockey memories were eating orange slices in the locker room at the old Smallwood Arena, and even even now looking at at the glacier. It's even a place where the Growlers have extended, you know, their reach to go out and play there, or not play there, but practice there on occasion. Yeah. There, there, there's there's lots for for every hockey fan at every level in Mount Pearl. That's what I always that was always my biggest takeaway. Yeah, and it was something that, you know, growing up in, in Mount Pearl at, you know, at, back when I was, it was, a, it was a town for the most part. I became a city as I kind of get older, but right. it, was a, it was a small town that had lots of opportunities for young people yeah. to, to grow up. And whether it was you're into parks and recreation type stuff or into athletics, wherever it was, there was opportunities. And, you know, the old tin can, you know, the number of oh. hours that we spent down there, uh, it, it was an absolutely unbelievable place to play hockey. It was a great atmosphere. And even going through minor hockey, you know, we had a game against the, the Russians down there one time in, in Bantam hockey. What? Yeah, we, ha- we actually, there was an international hockey series going on. And um, they came, they played teams throughout the province. We had a tournament here in, in, uh, in the St. John's area. We ended up playing the Russians in the final, beat them in overtime. And the old tin can was, was rocking down there. And no it was very way. cool. And then, you know, playing high school hockey in the old tin can before we moved to the Glacier in my grade 12 year. It, it was just a very cool place to play. And, you know, the guys who, you know, who ran the arena, some of them are still working at the Glacier now. And they had really? such such a, a love for what they did. And they were so passionate about making sure there was good ice and everything else. So I think that pride was really there. And there was lots of, like I said, lots of great volunteers who kind yeah. of built that pride for us. You know, and having a chance to wear the Blades jacket or the Blades jersey with the red pants. And it was just a very cool thing to be a part of. And you know, like I said, we've had some great rivalries over the years with the Caps Absolutely. and the old Avalon Capitals and now the Celtics and, C- and CBS. And the, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. And I'm sure some people may be listening to this now that played against me and kind of chuckling to themselves listening <laughs> to this conversation. But there was a very cool level of respect among all the teams. Absolutely. And certainly you wanted to beat the other teams. But there was a cool respect. And, and every association had that community feel to it, yeah. which still does exist to some extent. For but sure there, there's does. different minor hockey associations out there now. There's different leagues, so it's changed a little bit. But I think the pride you had playing for your minor hockey association as a young person when we were going through mm-hmm. was something that you always really uh, kind of just, you know, put your hands on and grasped onto it. And it was a special thing. And like I say, for us now, like, there's a bunch of us that kind of stay in touch over the years that were minor hockey teammates and friends. And you know, that the, the Blades conversations always come up. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, connected us in a special way over the years and something that will connect us for a long time to come. No, for sure it will. And even I know the, the high school scene there for hockey has also been great. I, I think in my day, I think O'Donnell might have been the, the best of the bunch if, if, if it wasn't for Gonzaga, I think, might have been. I remember Bishops, I, I'm talking as if I was on the team. <laughs> um, I was the third goalie on the team, which is was, you, a, was a nice... You a nice, still there, uh, Ballard. You got the job. No, I was not. No, I absolutely <laughs> was not. They uh, they never even invited me to practice. Not even those 6 a.m. ones where the, the regular guys were dreading it. But no, but I do remember, I mean, there was obviously that same sense of pride and that same sense of, of, of respect for... For, for themselves and their opponents, even from from the high school programs that have obviously seen some success beyond the minor system. I mean, Mount Pearl is, is and if you look even back, it wasn't it last year that Hometown Hockey featured Mount Pearl. Yeah. It wasn't last year. It was that in was recent year, enough right? memory. Yeah. So, there's, I mean, people are very quick to recognize that there is a, an X factor. There's something extra about the wonderful city. Yeah, we had Hometown Hockey last year, which was outstanding. And, you know, with Ron McLean and Tara Sloan and, and the whole Hometown Hockey team were just tremendous. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous people to deal with and we were very proud to be part of that you know they're coming back again now this year the st john's it's going to be another big celebration of the game so they recognize and to their credit you know traveling through our province and they've been all over the province which has been awesome throughout the country it's a very neat concept and it's something that they bring a true celebration of the game every time and then you know kind of touching on the high schools in mount pearl but you're right like there's been a great rivalry between o'donnell and then even before that, Mary Queen of the World used to be the Ooh, high school, okay, right? that's but, right. And then Mount Pearl Central High, I think it was at the time, and now it's Mount Pearl Senior High. Yeah. So it goes way back, but there's always been a great rivalry there. And, you know, we were all playing together on our Blades teams in the, and in the Minor Hockey Association. So Pitted against exactly, one another, a little you know, friendly competition. Yeah, you had the, the Catholics against the guys across the street. <laughs> and, you know, and it was, but it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was, it was a rivalry for sure. You wanted to win the game. And, uh, you know, it's kind of gone back and forth over the years. I think O'Donnell, maybe in the last number of years, has kind of had a bit of an edge. Yeah. But that being said, there's been some great Husky teams as well and Absolutely. some great players go through there. And then, so obviously with us being across the street from each other, there was a, certainly a rivalry. But then you play all the teams in St. John's too. You mentioned Gonzaga are always great rivals. And, uh, you know, I remember the years I played, I played three years. And then 
Queenie was always a really big yeah. rival up in CBS. And, and Beaconsfield certainly was a big one too. But, you know, it's just some great memories. And you remember the scores of some of the games, but you remember just the, again, the friendships, the relationships that you built. And, you know, there's guys now that, you know, it's funny, you do some hockey schools and you do some coaching and there's guys I'm, I'm doing some of that stuff with that we played against on yeah. those teams. And, you know, every now and again you chuckle about it, give a jab to the other guy. But For sure. it, it, there's some great memories of it. But it all comes down to whether it's a, the, the community piece of the city of Mount Pearl or the community piece of being O'Donnell or Mount Pearl Senior High. Uh, it's, it's a special piece. And like I say, I think, you know, it's a city and it's one of the three cities in the province. But yeah. there's still that's I think, that small town feel to it which is something that's always been there in Mount Pearl. And it's not just hockey, too. I know there's a great baseball scene in, yeah. in Mount Pearl. I, I know you could speak to that. Just Mount Pearl, I just feel like since I even grew up, I grew up a, a, a St. John's boy, but a West Ender, close to Mount Pearl. Yeah, it's close, yeah. Uh, not close enough, I guess. <laughs> no, but there, there was always... I've really seen Mount Pearl, I feel like, flourish over the last few years and its overall offerings as a sporting community. And, and I think at the, at the root of that is definitely that sense of community and sense of pride. Yeah, you know, you think about, you know, when they built the glacier and then they built it originally was just one ice pad then they built the second ice pad, right? Um, you know, the old tin can, you know, the, the track and field, which was state-of-the-art when that was first built. Yeah. And it's still, a, if, if not the best one in the province, certainly among the best. Um, you know, they built some, you know, the senior baseball field and they've, they've done some upgrades to minor baseball fields and yeah, just soccer fields, like the turf soccer fields they have. Like, they, they've taken a real uh, emphasis in terms of uh, youth sport and recreation. And whether it's youth and then as you go into adulthood, there are opportunities. And that's something that, you know, full credit to the councils over the years and to the minor hockey volunteers over the years and all the sporting volunteers that have been a part of it. Like, there's been a real passion for it. And they've recognized early in their, I guess, council life or whatever it might be that youth was a bigger part of that. And uh, even going back to the, the Mount Pearl focus on youth awards, they, yeah. they celebrate youth every year. And so the city has always been a big part of that. Um, they've celebrated that. And then I think through our hockey and then through our other sports, it, it really has been something to rally around and, you know, at different times throughout all of our lives. And, I say my two kids are going through the Mount Pearl system now. And That's right. As, as, I think I might have said this on the year before, but as corny as it sounds, like for me to come back and have my two kids going through the Mount Pearl system was something that was special to me because yeah. it, was, it meant so much to me as a kid growing up. And now like sitting in the stands or working on the bench with one of my kids playing, it, it's, it's awesome. And there's, like I said, there's still some of the great faces that we had back you know, 40 years ago who are still helping out in some way and helping celebrate the game, helping grow it. So it's uh, it's a very cool thing, and like I said, I know we're kind of maybe waving the old Mount Pearl flag here, no, but, but that's, that's, that's part of Growler, Growlerville, right? Oh, no, exactly. And we're going to do this throughout, but like I say, obviously it's a, uh, a special place to me uh, growing up, special place to me currently, and uh, obviously a, a real strong connection to the whole city of Mount Pearl. We're waxing poetic about the city of Mount Pearl in this week's Growlerville. Certainly uh, an immense sense of pride uh, to those playing hockey in that great community uh, in Mount Pearl. Uh, Trevor Murphy, Vice President of Hockey Operations, Senior Vice President, i got to get the senior in there, uh, Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations and Alternate Governor for your Newfoundland Growlers. Thank you, sir, as always, for your time. I know, especially at uh, this time of year, uh, you're a very busy man, so we do much appreciate that. Always a pleasure, Chris. And that's going to do it here for this week's Growlers Nation podcast. So on behalf of Trevor and our earlier special guest, Georgie Westefan, thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, make sure to let us know in the Growlers Nation Facebook group or uh, like, comment, and subscribe wherever you found this podcast. I'm Chris Ballard. Thank you so much again for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Growlers Nation podcast with Chris Ballard. Follow the Growlers all season long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NL Growlers. Listen live to all 72 Growlers games on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash NL Growlers.